Okay. Well, we're recording now, just so that you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the cons, the very first con I went to, I started small. I think I went to um, the LA con out here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I say small. I, I think that's bigger than most folks would say. But um, that, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I did the cosplay. But I'm so bad at cosplay. I like because my my job is character design. Mm-hmm. So I I'm just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna be uh, from uh, Samurai Jack. Uh, but I'm not really any distinct recognizable character from Samurai Jack. I'm a like uh, background character that I made up in my head that you would see in the Samurai Jack universe. That's cool though. But, yeah, I mean some people don't get it when I'm there, but I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only thing that matters. Yeah, that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> all right. So now that we're all loosened up, and I always like to have conversations with my guests just to get everyone loosened up. You know, some people, they're not used to having, being on like a recorded podcast or um, with a mic in their face. Mm-hmm. So I use this opportunity to just to get everyone loose, everything like that. And mm-hmm. so the first thing I always ask people when they are on this is uh, I'd like them to introduce themselves. So what is your name? Uh, what do you do? And mm-hmm. where are you located at? Uh, well, my name is Gianna Pantano. I am originally from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Um, I currently live in Los Angeles, California, and I work um, as a character designer in animation. Uh, currently working at Chipmouse Animation uh, on a show called um, Chicago Party Ant. Um, and previously, I was um, a character designer on Solar Opposites, um, show on Hulu. And if anybody doesn't know that, that, that was from the uh, same creators as, well, Dan Harmon. Is Harmon a Heyman? Uh, well, actually, Dan Harmon um, was not a part of that show. It's uh, Justin Roiland and Mike McMahon. Ah, okay, okay. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the same voices from Rick and Morty and everything were from were on Soul Opposites that I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's what is it's a it's it's one of those shows. It's one yeah. of those <laughs> kooky shows. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of hard work, but it was really cool. Um, I learned definitely. I learned a lot on there. It's a highly technical show, and that really set me up for. Uh, the show that I am on now, which I would say is even more technical. Oh, tell us a little, about, a little bit about that show, if you can. Um, well, it is Chicago-based. Um, I can't really give too, too much, um, but, uh, you know, the title of it is Chicago Party Ant, and it is about a uh, party ant in Chicago. <laughs> That's all I can... That's all I can really, really say about it. Um, hopefully, they should be dropping an announcement soon. All right, that's awesome. That's awesome. And and as before, we even go on anymore. I do want to thank you so much for being on. Um, you're, thank you so much for asking. You are by far the biggest guest I've had thus far. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, I'm flattered. But, <laughs> but uh, I don't feel. I mean, it's easy to feel like a very small. Uh, fish out here. I'm actually still, uh, I'm only about a year and a half into my character design career. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's a big thing, and and we'll also get into that, um, but 
what I like to ask my guests as well is uh, their origin story. So uh, you can start back as far as you want or as in the middle or, you know, first crush, anything like that. I It's up to you. <laughs> um, uh, tell sure. us a little bit about yourself, about your backstory. Well, um, I was raised in um, Harrisburg. I went to 12 years of Catholic school, um, St. Margaret Mary's, and then uh, Bishop McDevitt. Um, and then I went to, um, I actually didn't go to art school. I went to a liberal arts college in uh, Millersville, um, Pennsylvania. But um, I was drawing for as long as I can remember. And I didn't really pinpoint, like, I'm actually kind of envious of like people who kind of know that they want to work in animation when they're like little kids. Mm-hmm. I always knew I wanted to be an artist of some sort, but I, I mean, animation is not really an option where I'm from originally. It's stuff that it's not an option. It's just not like a career path that's out there. Like if I, I'm sure if I was born in LA, I would have heard about it and would have like, you know, just known. But, um, I was just always drawing and I was drawing comics. And then I, um, I was always getting in trouble for drawing in school. Uh, and I, um, I I started in college, I started doing like Dragon Ball Z fan comics and I started doing comics for the newspaper. And I really, uh, I think that was like my first taste of um, like the, being a part of the storytelling and wanting uh, people to engage in the stories that I was, you know, uh, in the content that I was creating. Yeah. And um, I think maybe it was about my sophomore year that uh, I was like, you know, I was like, well, what career path? Because I was actually majoring in graphic design, which I was terrible at. <laughs> and um, there was no, like, structured classes of figure drawing or how to do turnarounds or perspective. And it was, like, all just make this interface for the website or, you know, make this logo for your clients. And, um, but I was always just drawing, like, you know, characters. And then, uh, I want to say probably about midway through my, um, sophomore, I'm sorry, junior year, and then into my, uh, senior year, that's when I realized that I wanted to work in, uh, the animation industry. But it was like, oh, how do I do that with no, not a degree or any education in it? Um, and then, so after graduation, um, I took an, a, a general internship um, at the Disney company, which provided housing and a job out to California. Um, and so that got me out to clear across the, uh, clear across the country uh, to the state that I would need to live in in order to pursue this crazy dream at the time. Yeah. Um, and uh because they always say, especially for animation, you have to be in proximity to the people that work in it because it's all about who you know, which it really, 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 really is. And I didn't know anybody. So I came out here, and while I was, you know, working, I um, was going to, they had, like, different events. They had, like, you know, Titmouse would do uh, figure drawings, I think, like, either, like, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, that was a great way to meet artists who were working and um, just trying to network with them. Um, and then, uh, like, they would have, like, animation um, holiday parties that you can go to that was open to um, anybody. And then, you know, you try to network, and, you know, there's, like, Nickelodeon and Disney and 
uh, Cartoon Network that would all go there. So I would, <laughs> I would put on my uh, best makeup and use like the last five or ten dollars to uh, Uber there <laughs> and try to present myself as if I was, uh, you know, somebody worth talking to. Um, and then when my internship ended, I moved to, um, I stayed in the area and um, I uh, ended up going back to serving tables. And um, while I was serving tables, I was searching for jobs um, in, an, in, in animation. You, uh, When you apply to a job, they send you, like, depending on what you're applying for, you um, get a test. So they'll see. Can you draw this character in the style? Can you turn them around? Uh, can you draw different facial expressions? So I was testing. I was doing a lot of tests. Um, and then a stroke of luck for me was uh, Rick and Morty was just coming out with their comic uh, book. So they had only had about a few issues. I think they were like four or five in at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I, <laughs> I got off of work. I went home. I threw on some quick makeup. Um, you know, threw on some clothes, and I went to the comic book signing, and I stood, it was on Sunset Boulevard, I believe, and I stood at the back of the line, um, but first I had to go in and buy a comic, and then came back out, stood in the back of the line, waited for an hour, and at that time, I had been doing um, some art of Rick and Morty um, back when I was in uh, Harrisburg, and, you know, um, Rick and Morty, I think it was on their hiatus for their first season, I think. And, um, you know, I, that was like, you know, the creators, they, they were, you know, building, it wasn't the big phenomenon that it was yet. It was big, but it was, you know, it hadn't quite exploded like it is now. And, um, I was the very last person in line and, um, I went to go get my comic signed, uh, by, uh, Dan Harmon and Justin Moylan and, um, when I told Justin my name, he was like, wait a second, Tiana. And I said, yeah, I don't know if you, you know, remember, but you, you know, you follow my art online. And he was like, oh, no, shit. And, um, it was such a, it was such, that was like the very beginning of like having some sort of like artistic validation. Um, and, uh, it was a really great experience, you know, took a picture and, you know, he's extremely nice, extremely, extremely encouraging, and has always been since. Um, but that was like, I think that was the first moment that I was like, oh, I can, I think I can do this. And um, after that, um, we stayed connected, and he actually ended up getting me my first, um, my first professional freelance work, which was doing uh, two comic book covers for the Brick and Morty comic. Wow. wow. Yeah. <laughs> so just by happenstance that you you just up and went to a, a, a comic book signing. Mm-hmm. Got to meet someone who was, who, Dan, who was actually following your art. So yeah. That, how did, how did that feel? Like, how, how does that feel to just know, oh, okay, I got famous people following me, following my art. That's, that's... Well, I knew, I knew that he had followed me because they, <laughs> they, Back in, in Pennsylvania, uh, they um, when I was still at home, they had a um, like a Blu-ray uh, contest, and people would draw fan art. And I was already drawing a ton of art of it anyway because I had just started watching the show. And um, I 
you know, you had in order to enter, you had to draw it and you had to tag them. And um, he liked mine. I did like the Twilight Zone themed one. And um, he just followed me back. And, I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of like creators who follow artists to, you know, um, draw art of the show, especially with the shows like first starting out, you know, it's really exciting. And, um, but I think what was really kind of, you know, just blew my mind was just how um, he continued to be very encouraging even after uh, after meeting there. Just always, like, you know, keep going, don't give up. Um, he's definitely a person that is um, about the, the artist and um, about, you know, I, I think he has an eye for uh, talent. Daddy, <laughs> Daddy <laughs> does. Boost, right? <laughs> but I think I think he uh, I think he has an eye for yeah I think you know he definitely I mean I don't know, I, I, I I'm just very uh, thankful for all the encouragement. I mean, you don't have to be you know you don't have to be uh, humble with that. I mean, you're <laughs> you, you 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 put in the work and you got notice and you got the job working for mm-hmm. Oni Press. I mean, I love Oni Press. I, I'm a, I'm a comic book nerd myself. I love the oh. indies. And um, before we get a little bit further into that, mm-hmm. you used to draw like fan, uh, fan comics. I mean, well, fan characters and stuff. Um, fan I still arc. do. You still do. Okay. And so. I still do. For fun. What was your first? Do you remember who your first? First fan art. Um, I think, oh gosh, I'd have to go back on my DeviantArt. <laughs> the very Art. first one, DeviantArt, yeah. I, uh, the very first, hmm, I would say in the early, early, early days, I was doing a lot of fan art of Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Nice. And then I was doing, after that, I did a lot of Metalocalypse. And then, uh, I don't know if you ever heard of that show. Oh, no, I love Metal Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did a lot of, like, Star and Toki. And, um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I was always starring, like, girls and stuff. Um, and then I did some fan, a lot. Oh, I've done a lot of Samurai Jack fan art. Um, and, uh, but I would say, yeah, uh, and, and I've gone back and forth, like, in different stages of my life. Um, I haven't really gone back to Grim Adventures of mm-hmm. Rick and uh, of Morty. <laughs> Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Billy Mandy. Um, the Grim Adventures of Rick and Morty. <laughs> uh, you know. um, but I've um, I've definitely gone back to Samurai Jack. Um, as of currently, I am uh, I'm doing um, Hellsing, the anime. Really? Um, of Alucard yeah, and everybody. Like, oh yeah, I just did a I did two big uh, 10 page chapters. Um, I'm doing a continue. Uh, it's just, it's just an idea. It's been a dream of mine to tackle that art style because it's so complex. It's not like a normal anime art style. Like I'm more drawn to unique anime art styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Dragon Ball Z is, you know, I mean, Dragon Ball Z kind of stands out. Like you could look at a character and be like, okay, that's the Dragon Ball. But like you can, you can look, there's some animes that might like just blend in together. Um, and so, um, I've done, I would say the majority of art that I've done um, was Rick and Morty in terms of like fan art because I've done a ton of comics of that and then the second is Dragon Ball Z. Um, but uh, it's been a dream of mine to do Hellsing because it's such a complicated art style and um, I just didn't have the, 
I don't want to say the talent, but I just didn't have the ability to do it before. And now I'm, I can do it. <laughs> or I can at least attempt to. Uh, what's the story? Well, what's the story about? Like, what's the um, plot line for it? Um, well, this is where it gets a little complicated because uh, there are differing opinions on... Um, because I don't, I don't think there was really any outright romance in the series. I mean, I know that there is um, there, the character Sarah Victoria and Pip. And um, I think that what I really appreciate about the series is that, uh, in, the, in the manga series, is that the relationships are so complex and have different layers and dynamics. And it doesn't just rely on soul romance. There's a lot of power dynamics and respect dynamics and you know just all these especially alucard who like you know respect he's not like your typical like guy character that's just like oh i i'm an ancient vampire that only wants to you know be with uh the the youngest uh ver available virgin or whatever <laughs> and he's like you know he has like this admiration for the queen because she's a powerful woman that is aging gracefully he has this admiration for before Walter who betrays him and even says like, you know, when you were old and aging, you were beautiful because, you know, aging is like the the victory of a human life who, who's made it that far. And um, and I really respect that about him. And even like at the end when Integra is old and she's saying, you know, I'm an old woman now, a lot of people misinterpret it and say, well, at least this is how I do it, misinterpret it and say, oh, she's upset because she's not young and beautiful for him anymore and they can't be together. When in reality, like, you know, with like Walter's issue was that he thought that he was useless because he was old. And so the queen even said, I'm not that young queen anymore. I like essentially saying I have no use. And of course, Alucard denies that and says that's just not true. And so I think Integra says that, you know, when they meet again and she's like, she's like, I'm old now. But, like, you know, I'm not. I don't have the abilities that I once had and Alucard's like that that doesn't matter. It's like a respectability dynamic. And um, anyway, so <laughs> I, I kinda had to do this right there. Uh, the storyline um, is after Alucard returns, because he returns thirty years at the end of the at the end of the series. Yes. Um, so mine takes place ten years later and you get introduced to this um, this little boy. Um, that's within uh, the Helsing manner, and um, come to find out that there's all these hard um, restrictions on him um, because the um, the monarchy has changed. It's no longer the same queen that addressed Alucard. It's a different regime now, um, and so the Helsing has him like on this lockdown under um, constant surveillance. Um, but if you saw him, he just looks like a little schoolboy that's within the the manor, and he has like this strict. Um, extra curricular, um, like curriculum that he has to learn, and uh, he is uh, constantly being evaluated and, and such. And you come to find out that he is uh, the son of Alucard and um, Ceres, and he is a trueborn uh, vampire. However, the contracts that are with the government that um, protect or recognize Alucard and Ceres as weapons. Um, in favor of the United Kingdom, uh, there is no contract that covers a, uh, a born vampire. Um, so all of these restrictions and evaluations and, and monitoring of him is so that the government will recognize him as an asset to the state and um, not order him to be exterminated because they don't know what to 
capable of. Uh, because Al Alucard and Ferris were both humans before they became vampires, and he's a born vampire. We don't even know if he'll be stronger than his father. So um, you get introduced to this seemingly normal little boy who's just, you know, doing his schoolwork, likes to run around and play, has a dog and all this other stuff. And you come to find out that there's like this old, you know, old on him. And, and you know, it's all like his life kind of teeters between um, the suffering of the powers that be and the organization is trying to protect him. And if they, if, if everything goes well, then he will be recognized as um, a servant to the healthy and he'll be, he'll grow up and, and serve in Tegra just like Alucard and Ceres do. If not, then he might be taken away. He might be given to somebody else. Uh, he's not recognized as a child. He's recognized as a monster, like Alucard. So, um, or they can order him to be killed. So it's a very, it's like this whimsical story of him trying to be like a normal, like, you know, as normal as he can be. And, but there's all like these dark, you know, uh, outside forces that it, that could change at any moment. <laughs> How long have you been sitting on this story? Because this is a very uh, well thought out and thought out um, thank idea. You. Thank you. Um, I've been thinking, I've been going back and forth with a, a son character for a while. Um, and I, I, a couple of years ago, I did a story about a son and it was like, a, it was like the prototype. Like if you ever read like early uh, uh, health thing, before there was a Sarah Victoria, I think their character, she had black hair instead of blonde and her name was um, Yumi Kate, I believe. Mm -hmm. But that was the prototype for Sarah. And so um, I had a couple of pro prototypes for uh, this little boy character. And it wasn't as dark as it was uh, now, or as it is now. Um, it was just kind of like, oh, he's this little boy. He was born, you know, he has two vampire parents. So he's just kind of running around. Oh, we'll see how he grows up. But I thought it would just be more interesting if there was more at stake. And, you know, he has a, like his own identity because I think a lot of people, when they, um, when they create characters, they want them to be just like the parents. And they want them to be like, you know, oh, it's a spitting image and he's my pride and joy. And, you know, they want like a little a la carte or they want like a little, you know, Integra. And um, I was really trying to sit on his distinct personality and how I can make him like his parents in, in a way, but uh, also his own person as well. And it's doing pretty well on my, um, on my social medias. Um, I get a lot of uh, people interacting and asking questions about the storyline and such. And I'm working on the third chapter right now. <laughs> nice. And going back on the social media and, and your know, social media and also um, the fans loving some of your work, this goes mm -hmm. in, this segues actually into one of your other creations that mm -hmm. has gone on taking on his own life. Uh, Bonnie? <gasps> oh, yes. Bonnie Bill. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, I can't believe you, you knew about Bonnie. Um, actually, that's, that's what, um, when I was at the comic book signing, that's what um, Justin brought up. He's like, oh, she's the one that does, uh, at the time, Rick White. And then this is like 2015. Mm -hmm. So there was no, um, you know, there wasn't any of these latest seasons. But yeah, I started drawing Bonnie. Um, so I started drawing her around the fall time, around this time, uh, six years ago. And um, earlier in the summer, um, six years ago, my, I think it's 
God, I can't believe it's been that long. Uh, my mom passed away very suddenly. Uh. And um, so I just kind of, that's kind of like how I got my introduction to Rick and Morty was um, I was just kind of sitting in like a very depressed kind of state. And um, I remember I would always have adult swim playing in the background. And I remember I was in my room. And all of a sudden, I just heard, I think it was, what episode was it? It was, the, I think it was the series, sorry, not series, the season finale when they had um, the party and, and Rick was snorting um, Kalax, I think it's called, off the table. <laughs> and I just started laughing and laughing and laughing and laughing. And that was, of course, during a time where I didn't even really think that laughing again was possible. And so I started looking up the show i started um looking up of course rick and i just started kind of um getting a character and i was like does he have a wife where's who's the mother of that like you know who and i and i just started sketching this mom character and um i was also watching like different movies at the time so casper was on and that blonde lady um kerrigan i think her name was definitely inspired a lot of like her like kind of like 90s Design with like kind of like the bot, like the the shoulder length blonde hair, yeah, the darker lipstick, kind of like the shoulder pad jacket and stuff. It's like my initial idea of Bonnie is like she's like a '90s businesswoman with very, a pinstripe and and like heels and such. Very um, designing woman, like yes, yeah, designing. <laughs> um, and so after that, there was just no. I just I think a lot of Bonnie's success came from just striking early. There was really not a lot of designs of the wife at the time, um, or any, and, and designs meaning from the fans. Um, so I started posting it. People were already big fans of Rick and Morty and were waiting for the, the second season. So I was just giving content to like hungry people to at least like, you know, muster over while they were waiting. And she just started, you know, picking up and, I started, um, like, you know, trying to figure out what her voice would sound like. And I started, like, uh, making, like, little snippets and cuts of, like, um, um, Jean, I think her name is Jean Smart, I believe. Yeah, I think she's from Designing Women. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I always, like, pictured her as being the voice. She's also Pickles and the Oblong. Ah. She has a sense, like, I love, like, I'm I'm very much into voice actors. I I think it's fascinating. Um, And... She has such a like, she can go from sensual, like very like, oh, to nails on a chalkboard <laughs> at the drop of a dime. And that's what I really kind of pictured for Bonnie, just being like, you know, her normal talking voice being like very honey toned and like, you know, and then like, you know, sarcastic. And then if she yells, just like, you know, like piercing your eardrums. Um, but yeah, so I've been sticking with her for a while, like, all these years and I and I, I slowed down quite a bit especially when I started working on solar um but I, I I'm actually just kind of blown away and humble like how many people um just really took to her I mean I've seen people they cosplay as her they um there's a cosplay group that um I uh that have become like really good friends of mine um that are run by uh, two people um Erica and, and Damien and the name of their cosplay group is No Laughing Otter. And they create whole videos and storylines incorporating Bonnie with Rick, with their Rick. And, you know, um, 
I've seen people have who are aspiring voice actors have reached out to me and they're like, I would love to read some of your comics with Bonnie. Um, I've seen people at Halloween, like they've sent me pictures, people of Halloween parties dressed up as Rick and Bonnie. And I'm, I'm just like, it, and that's like the ultimate goal of like a care of a character designer, at least mine, is to create characters that that just inspire people, that move people, because there's so many characters that have done that for me. And if you had the chance, if I don't know, I don't know if Only Press still owns the the uh, rights to the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if they ask you, hey. Mm-hmm. You just want you to do like a one shot of an alternate universe, Rick, one of the many, many mm-hmm. alternate universes, and Bonnie's in it. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think a story would be of, of that? Hmm. Well, I've done a lot of like my own personal comics with Bonnie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one of the big storylines that I've I've done that I think was ended up being a favorite of a lot of people was. Um, Rick, he was he was taking um, he was doing some sort of drug. I think I mean to be like the Kalex, and I think I'm saying that right. Um, and he was hallucinating, and he was talking to Bonnie. Mm-hmm. And as you know, um, the universe that they are currently in, that Rick and Morty are currently in, is not their original universe. Yes, um, it's like a, a duplicate, like an like an almost perfect duplicate of it. And um, and so one of the storylines that I actually incorporated was that um, his wife, at least in my, this is my separate uh, fan-created you know, story, is that um, his wife is dead in his original one. And one of the small differences in uh, this universe is that she's alive. So Bonnie is dead in the original um, storyline and um, is alive in this duplicate universe that Rick and um, Morty are now in. And that was supposed to... Um, that was supposed to kind of like jumpstart the whole reconciliation or like second chance at reconciliation. And, and so, um, a comic that I did was him extremely high out of his mind and hallucinating, but you don't know that he's hallucinating at the time. He's talking to Bonnie and he thinks that she's there and, um, they're arguing and they're blaming each other. Like who ruined the marriage, who did this and you know, how, um, you know, she was like a ball. I don't know if I can curse on here, but she's like a ball busting, you know, B and he Oh, you can curse. A, uh, oh, cursing is fully allowed oh, well, here. She, she, calls her, <laughs> she calls her like a ball-busting bitch, and she's like, you know, cold and blah, 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 and she's like, well, I have to be to be with you, and da, 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 And, like, it's all about, like, how they, like, it's like these two people that just hate each other, but somehow, in some way, they love each other even more. And, um, it's like nobody's ever made each other, like, nobody's ever humbled them like one another has. And so um, he, he, he's like, at the end of the story, he's like, I might have walked out, but you, you left, you did something even worse. And he's like, you had no right to do it. You had no right to do it. And then that's when you find out that he's dead. And he's angry that he, that he died. And he's like, you know, he's like, you had no right to leave me that way. And um, I think that would be a cool story. I know people would probably want like a more whimsical story of like, you know, Oh, when we first met and we were in space and this, that, and the third, and da, da. but I think that you know, there's a lot of uh, emotional dynamics with Rick, and I think that's why so many people connect to him. I don't think that his the way that he is came from. Um, I would say 
uh, I think it's a true story. It's not like a, a one-off story. It wasn't that he was like this, I don't think anyway, that he was this happy character and then one traumatic thing happened um, and then all of a sudden he's this old, cynical old man. I, I say it's like a, an Ebenezer Scrooge story. It's a lifetime of unfortunate circumstances that led him to a life of like a miser. He's not really a miser, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, to kind yeah. of be like this cold and like more cold and cynical. So he seems to be warming up though, you know, and I think it's Morty that's becoming more cold and cynical now. <laughs> Or is that, or is that evil Morty that now owns the Council of Ricks? Oh, what a twist! <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, and so you have all these ideas. You have all of mm-hmm. you have all these outlets right now. How has it been doing all this work and trying to get out your creativeness in this new COVID? The sky is burning. We, we were talking about before, it wasn't recorded, but how uh, the sky was red and the fires and just everything that's going on mm-hmm. right now. How do you stay, how do you actually stay uh, focused enough to actually still get that, those creative juices out? The thing about it is, is that I kind of think of um, drawing, well, I, I just draw constantly. Constantly, constantly, I, and giving myself personal projects like the helping one, um, and just something to kind of think about while I'm doing other things is really what keeps me going. Like in college um, and even high school, um, I uh, I didn't really do well in grade school, but high school I did a lot better. In college, I did really well mm-hmm. because I I kind of I kind of give myself like all to meet them. <laughs> I'm just like. If you do well, if you finish all of your homework, you'll get to draw tonight. And then, like, you know, in college, that's the same thing. If you finish and you get a good grade on the test, guess what? No stress. You'll get to draw tonight. And so, like, even now, um, when I have quotas and stuff for work, it's just, like, if you finish all of, you know, your work and you do it all in time, you'll get to draw tonight. Drawing is, I want to say, probably my greatest source of happiness. Now, don't get me wrong. I need to take a break and it's really tough because a lot of things that I would do that would inspire me when I would come back to sit down and draw was going outside and walking or like, you know, visiting, you know, just visiting places and mm-hmm. like, you know, shopping and stuff. Like, you know, my mind's always racing with, you know, what, what the character might say or what scene I can draw and stuff. And I have been, it has been a little bit of a struggle because, um, just not being able to kind of like go out and kind of get myself inspired. Um, I sit down and I get frustrated because I'm like, I want to get this done, like this drawing done, but I haven't really been able to go out and decompress and, and think about how I want to set things up. And um, with COVID, um, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to do the project that I'm doing now with COVID or at least finish it in the time that I have been. Um, but I, I can see, like, I'm, there's some people that just need to be out and about. I, I need that, obviously, but I'm, I think I'm, I'm doing actually okay in my little quarantine bubble. Obviously, I want to go see my family and stuff, but um, my biggest and greatest hobby is drawing. And honestly, I just have access to, to do that whenever I want. Well, whenever, yeah, whenever I want. Um, I just wish the moment of, walking and the moments of being outside and the moments of other human interaction that can help inspire me because sometimes I'll sit down and I'll just be like oh, I really just need to go and listen to some music or I, I need to go like take a walk in the park 
but it's hard. You can't. <laughs> you can't hear. Man. Yeah, uh, around here uh, in Virginia, where I'm at right now, it was it's really mm-hmm. it's really lax. So we can like you can go out to the parks, you can go out to like restaurants and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I still kind of don't because people are stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, and also what well, everything else is going on here. But it's good that you have like this this outlet. Uh, same thing for here. Podcasting is my outlet, and I get to do mm-hmm. this almost any time that I want. Um, yeah. And uh, and you and you have like a lot of work like you got to get done. Um, how is it working on a show like Solar Opposites, like with deadlines and the crunching and like what is the, what is the actual process that you take? Uh, so when I was on Solar, um, it was a lot. I mean, it was it was. Uh, I want to say a little bit now. I have a clearer, more understanding about like you know quotas and like you know what what how to keep the pipeline moving um on solar it was you know it was a lot of um because it was just a ton of work it was a ton it was a huge season and you know with it was like the equivalent of like season three of rick and morty but like with half the time to do it oh wow so um you know you you want to get as many files turned in with the least amount of corrections as possible so that they can get you, you kind of think of yourself as feeding like the other the other people in um in the production so the character designers feed the cleanup artists the cleanup artists feed the color designers the color designers feed the production uh the production people who then ship it off to be designed um but and i can give you a little bit clearer of an outline for the show that I'm on now. So like we have like different quotas and stuff. Um, we try to hit that for uh, character design each week. Um, and, you know, you, you want to make sure that, you know, you got to keep up a lot of animation is, can you do it and can you keep up? You've got to do it quickly. Um, it is a very fast paced job and it's a highly sought after job. So you got to make sure you got to do it. Otherwise they'll find somebody that can. Wow. <laughs> That's doggy dog. Wow. That's really doggy dog. <laughs> um, but that's, Hello. I said, it's really doggy dog. Like, that's crazy. That's insane. Okay. So. I think, oh, I think your microphone is turned off. It's, I see, um, I see a red X through it. I can't hear you. Oh, there you go. There we go. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, I can. Okay. That's it this zoom thing is just no worries. it's bonkers <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I was, I was just saying that this is like a real that's really like a dog eat dog kind of uh of career actually like it's just yeah you're not fast enough all right we got someone who, who is mm-hmm. Jeez. It, it, it can be i mean and that's for that could be for any job too i True. mean you know there's some jobs that hire you for your potential and they want to invest in you. And then there's some jobs that are like, no, you got to be able to do it now and you got to be able to do it quickly. It all depends because it, it's money. There's money that's being spent. There's time. You're working for big networks that give you time, money, and deadlines that you have to meet, or at least to the best of your ability that you have to meet. And it's, you know, I, I've learned that. And, you know, and also like with character design, um, you've just got to 
make sure, like I, I will say I, with solar, it was overwhelming. I had no experience before that. I didn't even have schooling in it. And um, it's not even just about being able to draw a cool character because I mean, that's ultimately what everybody wants to do. They want to draw cool characters and see them on TV. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like in my mind, that's the reward of being able to be a character designer. Uh, character design is, can you draw this cool character, but can you turn him, flip them, and reverse them upside down, inside out? Can you draw this angle? Can you do that angle? Can you draw them in this special pose? Can you draw them at a profile and a back three fourth and a and a one sixteenth? I don't even think that's the right measurement, but um, uh, it that's a lot of technical work. And uh, I, after Solar, I um, took some classes to fix, uh, to work on my perspective, to work on my angles and such. And then in October of last year, I. Um, you know how they have like Inktober, and I think this this month is, or this year it's like Blacktober, where they're doing all the cool like characters and like these really cool like they're making them black and all these really cool designs. Yeah. Um, I did Turntober because <laughs> nobody nobody wants to do turns and they're hard and they're tedious because you got to do them. <laughs> so I was trying to do at least like four or five turns a week, and because I needed to practice, and that's actually how I got um, the job that I'm on now. Who was your favorite character on that on that show to, to actually draw? Solar on Solar Opposite. Yeah, I did. Um, I did a couple. I did Patricia, the robot mom. Um, I did her base design, and I did her um, her uh, killer robot design. Um, I did the um, T Rex, the the um, the nanobot man, the T Rex uh, one, which I really liked doing. Um, and also, uh, the very, uh, last episode, I think her name was Lorraine. Um, um, it was the old woman and I got to do all the stages of her life. I did her mom. Um, and I got to do, uh, the, uh, girl, Terry, Terry's girlfriend, uh, Terry with an I. And I think Tiffany Haddish did her voice. I think. Really? I think so. Yeah. Cause she did, um, she was Aisha in the in the show and i think maybe they they used her it sounded like her if not it sounded like her but either way i really liked um and then uh just i I had a lot of fun doing all those characters it was a a lot of fun it was a a great show to work on oh man and i've i've learned a lot from that show i mean and to be picked up on another show that soon like right after that it's they must love your work. You, you, the classes, every, all the hard work that you have put in to get this mm-hmm. far has is paying off. It, yeah, and that's the thing. It what it was really soon in animation. Well, I'd say it was pretty soon in animation standards, but it was. Um, it's a there's there are hiatuses in animation. Um, there are going to be months that you're not, you might not work. Um, but usually, um, people take breaks during that time because it's a lot of. A lot of a lot of like you know quick uh, deadlines to meet, and um, I actually got asked to um, on this show uh, around Christmas time, and it like literally like a couple days before Christmas, and then I found out that I got hired on it um, a couple days after New Year's, and it was pretty cool. I it was I I literally you know flew home to Pennsylvania and then you know started working um, at Titmouse. Um, that like three weeks later, that Wednesday after I got home. 
So it was pretty quick. I'm very, I'm very, it was like a, it was like a nice Christmas gift. That's a very good Christmas gift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, all right. Well, Gianna, thank you so much for being on. And we're we're about to start winding down. Um, This is the part where I like to go with the lightning round of of a few questions. Uh, And some of them are going to be kind of offbeat. So I'm going to warn you right now. How much do you miss sheets being out there? Sheets? Sheets, the gas station sheets. There, I've been to Pennsylvania a couple of times. Y'all love uh-huh. sheets. There's sheets everywhere. There are sheets. There's sheets <laughs> on my street. There's sheets on every other street. I miss it. Uh, you know, I miss uh, the convenience of it. Um, like LA is very health conscious, but there's, there's sometimes I want mozzarella sticks, you know, and some... Um, and like maybe a milkshake, even though I'm on keto, but I do miss cheese. It was very easy. It was very quick. They had everything. They did. <laughs> they do. Um, do they have any kind of like, a, like an equivalent out there? Mm, uh, uh, no, not like um, maybe, but just not with the same type of food. I mean, cheese, like literally you can custom make like a pretzel sandwich. I don't, I've, ne- I've yet to see anywhere where you could custom make a pretzel sandwich out here. I mean, you could. <laughs> That's probably the only thing that they sell are pretzel sandwiches because then I can go and get macaroni and cheese bites, hot wings, and a salad at cheap. Oh, that sounds so good. Oh, that sounds so good right now. (laughs) I know it does. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, and going on with that, going on with more Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. which is is your team? Which is your team? Is it the Steelers Uh or is it the Eagles? Which one? Uh-oh. My family is an Eagles family. Eagles through and through. And that was always a big, big argument growing up, especially going to um, to Bishop McDevitt because the, the team, people looked at it more than religion. It was like, you know, if, if you started dating him, he might have been on his way to be a doctor. But if he was a Steelers, <laughs> he's a Steelers fan, don't do it. Don't. I can respect that. I can respect yeah, that. Are you a, Oh yeah, you're not from there. So I was gonna say. Oh no, I'm a, I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan, so I hate the Steelers. Oh. <laughs> oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. Uh, and and the final sports question of the of the day. Mhm. Did you watch the game yesterday? I uh, I did not. You didn't. I was I uh, had a lot of work to do yesterday. This was the end of a very 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 busy week. But. Next week, hopefully, to be smoother sailing. All my freelance is done, but I did not. I don't even know who was playing yesterday. What game are we talking about? Oh, the Miami, Miami Heat and the and the Lakers in the finals. Oh, I bet you. I bet you. My dad and sister did. Mika- uh, my sister Michaela. She was a big, big um, basketball player in Pennsylvania. Didn't um, I know that? She's in uh, medical school now. But nice. Yeah. Everybody, see, all y'all doing so well. You know what? All y'all doing so well. <laughs> Man. Uh, <laughs> You're doing well, too. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I need to, like I said, like I was telling you, I need to go visit down there more often and see the family. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. of course. All right. So, as a final, as a final thought and a final word, okay. what advice do you have for those who are trying to get into this field or trying to just, um, get to at least to where you know get to where you are or is just following the dreams period well um 
for animation, um, well, the world is upside down now. Um, it used to be the fact that you either had to be in proximity of animation or you had to have a ton of friends uh, either online that worked in animation that could recommend you and then you could work remotely. Um, but uh, I would say for those trying to break into animation, um, for your portfolio purposes, uh, produce art as if you already have uh, the job. Uh, do... I, I can't tell you how many times I applied for a job and I thought my best Rick and Morty fan art was going to get me the job. That's not the case. If you want to be a character designer, you show them that you can turn the characters around and that you're as well as being able to design a good character. If you want to be a background designer, um, you show them your perspective. You show them your different angles. Um, and then if you want to be a storyboard artist, have your board uh, up in front showing them. Because I think people um, confuse animation with illustration. And animation is very compartmentalized. Um, and I know for a fact that art directors don't want to have to go searching through your portfolios to find what it is that you applied for. You just have to have it front and center. And be prepared. And this is for any you know job, especially in Hollywood. Be prepared to hear no constantly. I know that sounds like a bit of a bummer, but I heard no so, so many times before there was finally, 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 finally a yes. Um, and the yes is going to come. It is going to come eventually. Um, but you just have to keep hounding and hounding and hounding and hounding and hounding. you got to remember that this is a very oversaturated field. Um, but, you know, sometimes, like I said, with the technical, they'll hire the person that's good at the technical as opposed to the person that, you know, can draw a really good character but can't do all the other necessary steps to that it is required of a character designer. Um, I think it's easy to become discouraged, especially in animation, because it is a passion job. Um, you can't be shy. You have to blow up inboxes. You have to uh, message recruiters. I messaged so many recruiters, you know, before I started working on, on Solar and at Titmouth. Um, you've got to say, hey, my name is so-and-so. This is my portfolio. Just want to be proactive towards any available opportunities. And sometimes they're not going to answer, but sometimes they will. I would recommend, I, that's why I got a lot of my tests by, you know, blowing up uh, recruiters' inboxes on LinkedIn. Um, have, your port, um, have your resumes ready. Have your portfolio clean and neat. And don't think that the four applications that you sent out yesterday was enough for the week. You should be sending out at least, you know, 20 or 30. And, you know, you follow up with emails. You get email contact. You send out a professional email. You follow up a week later. If you don't hear back, you cannot be shy in Hollywood because people are busy. People aren't directly ignoring you if they don't respond to you. Sometimes it just slips. Sometimes they're, you know, sometimes they're, you know, they flip their mind or they don't check their email until the following morning and that's by that time it's buried under uh, a massive email from production. Um, you just have to keep on it, have to keep on it. And on top of that, you have to keep on drawing. Constantly update your, your stuff. Um, you know, you can't just show them the art that you did two years ago because it was a, a good one. <laughs> Um, and then that's the same for anybody who wants to uh, break in. I don't have much experience with other industries. Um, but, and also, it's not going to, it's just because it doesn't happen when you're 22, when you get out of college, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't make any difference. That's 
for the few and the fortunate out here, especially in LA, who maybe uh, went to, that were born out here, have foundation out here. Not saying they didn't work hard, but it, there's a big difference between people who were born out here and the people who have to move out here to get a job. And, you know, you know, don't compare yourself to people who have foundation in, in Los Angeles who, you know, have gone to school out here and in, in proximity to Disney, um, you know, workers that are teachers and stuff. Not saying that they're not talented and not saying that they don't deserve it, but it's just two different scenarios. Your road might be a little bit more difficult, and but you got to keep going. Gems. Those are gems. All right, well, Gianna, thank you so much. Oh. <laughs> Thank sorry, you. What did you say? I said gems. Those were all gems. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on uh, again. And uh, where can any, where can everybody reach you at or see some of your, of your work? Sure. So uh, my online portfolio is um, giannacampano.com or just giannacampano.com. Um, and then my social medias are um, Ice Cry on Twitter, I-C-E-C-R-Y on Twitter. And then Ice Cry 1 on Instagram, I-C-E-C-R-Y 1 on Instagram. <laughs> and uh, you can check out um, my, that's where you can see like, you know, Rick and Bonnie or, you know, Samurai Jack and the crossovers that I have with that and uh, Helsing and, you know, all the other uh Silly stuff that I draw when I'm not working. There you have it, people. Also, the Samurai Jack and Pocahontas one, I great. I, oh. I love it. <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come up. It was, you know, I don't know how much longer there is, but that was such like a like a, a whimsical, like self indulgent thing because um, when I first moved out to LA, they were dropping the Samurai Jack season five um, in 2007, uh, 2017 when I moved to Los Angeles. Um, and I went to the premiere um, of the first three episodes that they had at the Ace Center in downtown LA, and I got to meet um, Yendi Karakos, uh, who's the guy who created Samurai Jack. I got to shake his hand, which is really, really crazy. <laughs> Samurai Jack is a big inspiration. And then before that, I went at a um, holiday party. I got to meet one of the original Disney people who designed Pokemon. <laughs> so I got to meet. Like, you know, the people who played a hand in these two characters that I grew up loving so much. And then I was like, you know what? I have the time. I have the talent. I'll draw the two characters together. You gotta, you gotta tag them. You gotta tag them. Somehow tag them in that. Have everybody tag them in that scene. Yes. Oh, no. I don't think he has social media. We'll find a way. I don't think so. We will find a way. I said, we will find a way. We will find a way. We will find a way. (laughs) You're like, listen. Samurai Jack season six, the, the the love the girl is gone. So why don't we just have why don't we just have uh we don't even have to call her Pocahontas. We could just call her the teacher. Here we go. There we go. I don't know. It's just a self indulgent thing. I've seen people draw Samurai Jack and Johnny Bravo, which I've been loving. <laughs> yeah, but that's in the same vein. Nah, nah, nah. Samurai Jack, <laughs> Pocahontas, high high to uh-huh. Sycamore Grow, okay. Yes! <laughs> it was, and it's so sad that all of my favorite characters growing up, it, and that's just to show you how little representation there was and how far it's come. Um, you know, growing up, of course, the two problematic uh, female characters in Disney were uh, Tiger Lily from Peter Pan and yeah. Pocahontas. Obviously, the Pocahontas movie was completely historically inaccurate, and I'm not excusing that 
But I was just like, well, what else did I have growing up being like, you know, a, a brown caramel skin girl? I, all I had was Pocahontas and Tiger Lily. And I'll, I'll have you know, personally, I think Pocahontas is the most beautiful of all the Disney, uh, you know. Princesses, quote unquote, princesses. Yeah. And uh, Tiger Lily, I would like to note to everybody there were mermaids, there's Tinkerbell, there's Wendy, there were girls aplenty. The only girl that got to kiss Peter Pan was Tiger Lily. And that's why she is the bad bitch of Motherland. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Yana. Thank you. And uh, once this comes out, we're going to be tagging everybody. Of course. All right. Well, I'm sorry. You said when uh, the show, uh, what comes out? Oh, once this once this drops, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll just tag everybody. Uh, oh, <laughs> just tag tag Disney, tag uh, tag all the voice actors. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thank you.